0: praise the lord everybody this is brother j.w brand here at god's whole word amen it's a uh, good to be here with you today on this tuesday amen and um if i'm correct I, i'm thinking today is june 13th uh and um, we're just uh, grateful uh to have another day to serve the Lord, to worship Him, to give Him glory because He's worthy. Amen. And uh, we have been talking about the things that God hates. The things that God hates. We have been looking in Proverbs chapter 6 and verses 16 through 19. Of course, we're on verse 17. And uh, we talked about, um, for a while, we talked about the look of pride that God hates, a proud look. And then we moved into uh, the next thing that is on God's list uh, uh, that he hates, and that is a lying tongue. And many times, both a proud look and a lying tongue go together, many, many times. But today, we want to look uh, in a little bit of another direction with it, but still talking about the fact that God hates uh, a lying tongue. Now, God don't make any differentiation whether you uh, seem like such a sweet, kind person that tells a little lie now and then. God didn't say that. No, he said he hates a lying tongue, and God means what he say. He said he hates a lying tongue, and that means anybody and everybody, because when you look in the book of Revelation, uh, and I believe that we will find that uh, in chapter 21 and verse Eight, it is. It says, But the fearful, the unbelieving, and the abominable, the murderers, uh, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars. Now, when God says all liars, He means all liars. That's what He's saying. And God's not playing when He says all liars. So we've got to take this serious. We've got to be mindful of our tongue telling the truth amen and so today um before we get into this uh, scripture we're going to be looking at we're going to go to god in prayer because we need the lord to lead us we need that holy ghost to guide us and lead us the bible says that the holy ghost will lead us and guide us into all truth amen so with that said let's go to our father dear heavenly father we thank you for your truth we thank you for the word of god that is truth we thank you, Lord, that you preserved your word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that as we uh, call on you, that you will be here with us and you will lead us through the word and that you will guide us along the way, Lord, as we study about the thing that you hate, that lion tongue. God, help us uh, to understand and, and, and let us uh, become aware of, of those moments and times when we uh, lean into dishonesty. Lord, help us to uh, literally go uh, to you, Lord, and, and to turn to you and allow you to sanctify this tongue so that it will be holy and speak honest and pure things and not lies and deceit. And in all of this, Lord, we pray in the name, that holy name of Jesus Amen and amen. And so, with that said, I would like us, uh, together if you will, uh, we are going to be in Acts chapter 5. And uh, a lot of folks, when I say Acts chapter 5, starting with verse 1, they're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. If you've studied the scripture, you know about the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias and Sapphira uh, were a married couple, uh, husband and wife. Uh, that owned some property and they uh went about to sell the property now you have to understand uh that the church uh in that day was uh raising money and uh you can find many times that there were uh different christians at that point in time that were being persecuted and uh Sometimes uh, things were sold to bring everything all together. Uh, now we are not uh, under that um what you would say uh, guidance to to do for all the churches to do at this point. But this was something that the Holy Ghost uh, was leading the church to do at that time to sell their possessions and to um, uh, spread things out in a way and a manner to help those that were uh, in desperate need because many of the Jewish Christians, they had lost their businesses, they had lost their homes, and many of their families had just deserted them because they turned to the Lord Jesus Christ and were devastated financially and so uh, simply because they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and so uh, the church there were many others uh, that were not uh, actually under that exact persecution that were in other places and areas that owned land or they had the ability to give and and so uh, this uh, was uh something that Ananias and Sapphira decided to do was to sell this land and to give uh, the uh, portion, so to speak, uh, to the church. And what Ananias and Sapphira decided to do was they decided to come up with a scheme. And uh, we can look at this and understand who started the whole thing, and that was Ananias, the husband. You say, how do you know that? Well, as we read the scripture, we will find that out. But uh, the husband and the wife, they conspired together. As we read these uh, passages of scripture, uh, they conspired together that they were going to sell the land, but they were not going to let anybody know the exact amount that they sold it for. They were going to sell it, uh, and I'm going to give you a for instance. This is not the amount. I don't want anybody to think that I'm giving the amount that it was sold for, but I'm saying if you had a piece of land, and you were going to sell it for $100,000, you knew that you could get $100,000 for it, and you had every intention on selling it for $100,000, and you put it uh, up for sale, somebody comes along and buys it, you sell it for $100,000, but what you do is, you plan to scheme, and you decided, this is what Ananias and Sapphira did, that you were going to take and give, uh, let's say, you know, half of it, you know, which would be $50,000, or maybe 25% of it, which would have been $25,000. Now, we don't know what the amount was, we don't even know uh, the exact percentage that they sold it for, or the percentage that they Um, scheme to give to the church. And you say, well, what do you mean scheme to give to the church? They could give whatever they wanted. And that's absolutely true. And that is the very point that the apostle makes to Ananias uh, here in the scripture. Uh, So, uh, you know, let's say that uh, you you and your uh, spouse, you know, uh, you and your husband or you and your wife or whatever the case, and, and, and you decide, well, we're going to do it this way, but we're going to... Give them the impression that we sold the entire, or we're giving the entire amount that we sold it for, rather than telling them the truth. Oh, we sold it for a hundred thousand, and you say no, we're giving the fifty thousand. We're giving the whole amount we sold it for, fifty thousand dollars, and you're lying through your teeth because you know you sold it for 100000 hundred thousand. Now, there's there's things that we've got to look at with that. And, and then you go and you take it and you present it to those that you're giving, and here you're lying through your teeth saying that you sold it for 50000 when you really sold it for 100000 And you give this impression, uh, look at us. Look at what we've done. We've sold our property and given the whole amount to the church, you see. Now, so let's read this passage of Scripture today. And so it says in Acts chapter 5 and verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Verse 3. But Peter said, Ananias, why have. Satan, filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and keep back part of the price of the land. Now, they're taking it to the apostles who are going to be in charge of the money that's given. And you say, well, why would the apostle even bring that up? Why not just let it slide? Why not just, uh, uh, well, you know, Peter, don't worry about it. You know, just let it go. Well, that was not uh, the issue. He was not, Ananias was not lying to Peter per se. Yes, he was physically lying to Peter. This is absolutely true. But Peter makes a point, very clear point. Why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? You see, when we lie, God hears us and if you are a Christian because you know this podcast we, uh, it, you know it, for all intents and purposes we've um, put this together for it to be uh, what is given to Christians to learn how to walk with God and how to serve God and, and you know I, I don't expect anybody really to listen to this podcast to learn how to serve God if you do you do if you don't you don't but I still have to do what God has called me to do so that is the reason and the purpose is to help people to uh, walk through this life in in abounding in the goodness of God and learning how to walk with God and serve him with all of your heart and so uh, that is uh, one thing that we need to understand is that Ananias and Sapphira they were part of the church They were part of the body of Christ and they had schemed together to come and lie to the church about what they were donating and giving this impression that they were giving the whole entire amount. Okay? And so Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? You say, well, that's their business. They can do what they want. Absolutely. Look at verse 4. This is what Peter continued to say. Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? He said, when, when you had that property, it was your own to do whatever you wanted with it. You could have, you know, done whatever it was you wanted to do. You could have kept part of it and you could have given part of it to the church if you only wanted to give, you know... We don't see the details of of Peter saying, oh, you know, if you wanted to give 10% of it, you could have given 10% and kept 90%, or if you wanted to give 50%, you could have... You know, we don't see those details. But what Peter is doing is... (coughs) Excuse me. Wrapping it up in a nutshell, really. And he said, you know, while it remained... Yours, while it was still your property. It was still in your hands. He said, was it not your own? He said, you had the ability and and the moment in time to be able to decide what you wanted to do, how you wanted to portion it out. And then he said, why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Now, if you look at the book of James, you find that sin, it has a starting point. There is a point where we begin, uh, you know, you might have a thought that comes in your head. Now, the thought in and of itself may not be sinful. You know, uh, Satan may actually, uh, you know, put a thought in your mind, maybe I should do this or that, or maybe you should do, you know, trying to get you to do something you ought not do but when it's conceived when you look at the word conceived it's the same thing as a child being conceived in the womb of its mother once it is conceived it's already there and it's going to begin to grow and take on its own life you see and so uh, he said while it remained it was your own and after it was sold was it not in thine own power he said it was in your own power you had a decision to make you had the choice it was uh, the church wasn't saying oh you don't have the power to keep all the money no you better not do you got to give the whole amount to the church no 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 Peter was not saying that at all matter of fact Peter was saying the opposite when I get so sick and tired uh is when I hear the the people in the world slamming the church because, uh, you know, you teach the people of God to give and to pay their tithes and that kind of thing and people look at that as like you're trying to come along and and rip something out from under them and destroy them or, or you're trying to steal from them and all that kind of thing. No, no, you're just trying to teach people, look, the Bible say to give to God and God will bless. Now, I will say this. What has happened and what has caused such a problem uh, as the world has looked on what, uh, you know, what they don't understand is they're looking at the dead church. Because the dead church will come along and the dead church, I ain't talking about the living church, I'm talking about the dead church. And don't tell me that you don't know that it exists. And if you don't, then you got to study the book of Revelation because it talks about the congregation of the dead. So there is a congregation of the dead. Well, what's the congregation of the dead going to do? There are going to be a bunch of dead people coming together in the name of Jesus, but they're really not walking with God like they ought to. And so what are they going to do? They're going to lean into things that God is not pleased with. That's because they're dead in their soul. And uh, so, you know, but when you... You know the world begins to look in and they see this false church, the dead church, pretending to be the church, and they see them doing things like uh, you know TV preachers getting on uh, television and 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 saying you know uh, you I mean I remember one preacher I'm not going to mention the name you know I'm going to try to be nice and polite today uh, but um, you know I mean the Lord got to work on me you know He said uh, you know the Lord has talked to me about uh, some things that I've I've got to adjust a, a few few things here and there in in the way I present Things because you know sometimes you can say things and they may be the right thing to say but maybe the wrong way to say it maybe it needs to be adjusted so I'm going to do my best not to be like a bull in a china shop but I'm going to be like a bull that has taken those horns and and pokes you like a goat do you know what a goat is the goat is the thing that was used uh, for 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 the cattle and those things uh, had a sharp into it and you poke it and because uh, they they wouldn't move and they wouldn't go forward like they need to and so the farmers take the gold and poke at him and this is what uh, the Lord was referring to with the apostle Paul Uh, and and, you know he's looking at me he said you know are you going to continue to kick against the pricks you know these are in other words those things that are goading you God said look I'm trying to goad you I'm trying to get you to move forward but you keep kicking up against what I'm trying to get you to do and I'm trying to get you to uh, change you know and so uh, it's the same thing with this. So I'm gonna do my best to be nice. But some of, uh, they, you know, there's TV preachers that get up on the and there, and uh, there was particular one that said, "Oh, you're gonna have to." Now this was many years ago, but some of y'all gonna know who I'm talking about. And uh, he got up and he said that uh, a certain amount had to be donated to the ministry, and that if it wasn't, that by uh, that uh, basically he was uh, he believed that God had told him that God was gonna kill him. And, uh, uh, you know, you get... uh preachers like this that manipulate things in order for you to uh you know donate and, and and then you got preachers that uh will get on and say other things and next thing you know you look out and they're living in uh, you know 12 15,000 square foot uh, mansions and 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 they're driving uh 3 400,000 dollars Rolls Royce car or driving a 300 uh thousand sports car right here in Houston and so on and so forth no, I said I was going to try to be nice. I did the best that I could, and uh, so on. All right, so, but that is what has caused the world to look in at the church and say, look, they're a bunch of phonies. They're a bunch of money grabbers. And I, Don't you know the Bible talks against uh, the, the the sin of uh, filthy liquor, which means you came into the ministry, and you maybe you came in, you know, honestly, because God had called you, but then you allowed things to get a hold of your heart ah yes you did and uh, some of them have done that they've allowed the money you know they see people giving it and, and they think mama I'm, I'm gonna cash in on this i'm gonna do this." and 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 you allow yourself to literally desecrate the name of jesus because of this kind of behavior and the world looks in and they're thinking hey you know so when you've got Honest-to-goodness pastors and teachers and uh, churches of the living God that are trying to teach their congregation, you know, to give as God uh, moves on you, but, you know, certainly uh, the blessing of giving tithes and all of those things that uh, we're not going to discuss today. But uh, the bottom line is that the world looks in and they see, uh, you know, it looks like the church is a money grabber. That's not what was going on here with Peter and Ananias. That's not what was happening with Ananias and Sapphira in the church. That's not it at all. It, the fact is, because we know that, because Peter says, "While it remained, it was your own." Uh, you know, before you sold it, because once you know, if anybody's ever sold any property, you know, once that you sell it, it, it doesn't belong to you anymore. You can't, you know, you sell a house, and and once that house closes, you can't go back to the house and say, "Well, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm going to keep on living here. I'm going to keep." Stay, unless they give you the permission and they're going to rent it to you or whatever the case may be, but the bottom line is it don't belong to you no more. And once you uh, are done uh, with that sale, it doesn't belong to you. But while it does belong to you, you can choose what you want to do. And that's what the Apostle Peter was saying to me. He said, well, it remained, and it was, it was wasn't it your own?" He said, "After it was sold, was it not in your own power?" He said, "He said now, once once you sold it, he said, wasn't in your power." To decide what you wanted to do with the money, you know how you wanted to uh, divvy it out, how you wanted to divide it up, you know, divide it, up. it. You know, it's not like they were saying, "Look, you couldn't keep some of it for for you and uh, and Safira, your wife," because maybe they needed to buy a smaller piece of property. Who knows? But that was not what went on. What they did was they conspired to make it look like that the amount that they were given to the church was actually the whole amount that they sold it for. And they lied to the Holy Ghost. You say, why is this such an issue? All right, let's keep looking. All right, so, and then he goes on to say, at the end of verse four, he says, "Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God." You know, sometimes when people uh, think that they uh, lie to certain people, you're not lying to uh, to certain people at times. Sometimes you're flat out lying to God. And this is this is what was going on with Ananias and Sapphira, because uh, you know, uh, first of all, they get this idea, and you say, "Well, uh, how do we know Sapphira is involved?" Well, let, we'll read that in a minute. But uh, you know, when you when you look at this and you and you see this, you realize, okay, first of all, they are involved with the church, and 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 certainly money is being gathered up to help. Uh, you can find throughout the scripture where uh, in the early days of the church, in the book of Acts, if you look, you'll find that there were some persecuted uh, Jews because the the church began with only Jewish believers at first. And and so many of them were be, being persecuted because of their faith in Christ. And and so uh, there was money that was being gathered up. Uh, this is the reason why the Apostle Paul would also talk about uh, in the uh, book of Corinthians. He was saying, let the gatherings be done on the first uh day of the week which is sunday uh some people give that the credence or the um teaching okay we'll see they were gathering on sunday well actually the church in the early days uh you can find indication that they met daily and so but it was just known that this was the day of the week uh which was the first day of the week uh sunday uh, that they would gather, and then he said, whenever he would come, that he would take it or bring uh, others along with him, and and they would, you know, find a way to get it where it needed to go. But see, Ananias and Sapphira, what they were doing was, they were coming along and they were manipulating the situation and and coming up with a lie to make it look like that they were giving the whole amount. What is that about? Why is it Ananias and Sapphira wanted, wanted? To make it look like that they had given the whole amount. There's one word, and you know what it is it's the spirit of pride. Now, I want to make a point to this. When there's a lie, there's almost invariably, almost invariably, there's another sin that's being covered up. Almost invariably. When you have uh, such, and, and, and you find this here with Ananias and Sapphira, because they lied, but they were, uh, coming, they were covering up their deceit. You know, their lie was covering up their deceit. And they didn't have to deceive. They didn't have to do that. They had it in their power to decide what they wanted to do with this land. So, now, the next thing is, it says in verse 5, and Ananias, pay attention. Hearing these words fell down and gave up the ghost. That means he fell down and died. While he was hearing these words, it says Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. Look, God did not give him any more point, any more place, any more time to repent. You say, well, that doesn't sound like a very loving God. Oh, no, 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 no. No, because remember, if you look in verse 4, it says, While it remained, it was not thine own, and after it was sold, was it not in thine power? In other words, you had all that time to repent. All this time that you kept scheming and you kept deciding what you were going to do and that you kept pressing forward to make sure that you followed through with the lie that you were going to do or that you had conceived, you see. And so it's not like God didn't give Ananias time to repent. Oh, no, 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 no. He gave Because God could have struck him dead long before this. And, and, and you know, God could have struck him dead when he took the money for the sale because God reads the heart. God knows the heart. God knows the end from the beginning. But here it is that God gave him mercy, time. Is God giving you time and mercy to repent of a lie that you've told? Is God moving by the Holy Ghost power to, to move on me to teach this lesson in order to get you to turn around from the lie that you are telling whatever that may be because it makes it very clear in the word of god in in chapter six of proverbs as we said that the second thing on the list is that god hates god hates a a lying tongue now the very first thing that was on the list was pride but you know this is what's going on here there is a spirit of pride that has rose up you say how do you see that why would you think that Because they wanted to give people the impression that this was giving, uh, that they were giving the whole amount for what was sold. They wanted to look like that they were, uh, oh, look at Ananias and Sapphira. Oh my goodness, they need to be honored. Oh my goodness, look at the, oh, they're they're so sacrificial. Look at that. They sold their land and they're going to give the whole amount. Oh, what wonderful people. You see what I'm saying? There's a spirit of pride there that got a hold of their heart and so their lie is going to cover up their pride because they wanted to make it appear a certain way to everybody in order for them to get the accolades or the praise or whatever it is that they were going to gain from making it look like to make it look like that they were actually giving the whole amount to the church when and when in fact you know they could have said look we're going to give 50% to the church and we're going to give 50% they no doubt probably would have been honored for the gift that they gave. But no, they decided to lie. Why? Because they had deceit in their heart that came from pride. And so many, many times, pride is attached to a lie or a lie is attached to pride. And look, sometimes you may be believing a lie and you don't even realize that it's coming straight from Satan himself because Peter, he said, he told him, He told him right here, he said, Ananias, in verse 3, he said, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? In other words, sometimes Satan has given us this idea to to tell and believe a lie. And, 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 And sometimes people... Now, I'm not saying that you don't know what your sin is. I'm not saying that you don't realize all of the repercussions of your lie because some people are so fooled by satan but the problem is that it starts with believing a lie and and here's the other piece to it when you hear somebody else come along and try to straighten it out and say look that's not truth that's actually a lie and you still barrel through and you still determine in your heart i'm going to continue anyway, even though you tell me that this is a lie, I'm going to keep going. Hmm? And this is what's happened with the LBGT community. Sometimes some of these people they honestly don't realize. And, and I I I know a lot of Christians are going to say, "Oh no, no, no!" They realize, "Oh no!" Some of them don't realize that Satan has caused them to believe a lie. Now, if some of them in the LGBTQ community you say how did you turn that around from this lesson i'm not done with this lesson but here's the point because we're in the month of june and i made up my mind i told the lord i will obey him and i will be speaking about this issue all through the month of june we are going to call it the month of humbleness to jesus christ not pride and so satan honestly we should all know as christians who have been given the light of God through the holy ghost and 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 you know being revealed the the fullness of god's truth and and all of those things that certainly there has to be a lie involved here somewhere with the LBGT community and especially transgender uh ideologies and and those type of things not realizing look satan has told you a lie satan has told you that you were born in the wrong body satan has told you that uh, that you can change your body from male to female and that this is what you should do, you see. Now, what I'm going to say is this. There are many in the LBGT community and as well as the trans community that I have met personally, especially while I was in that uh, place walking uh, in the gay agenda at one point in my life. But listen, the the, the thing of it is that uh, it, there, there are those that And I know some of you on the right, you're not, you just, some of you, you just are so uh, bent on being um, unable to hear certain things that it translates in the LGBTQ's mind as hate. It, it translates that way. And so when you refuse to listen to certain things that are said. Now, I realize that you want to be careful. You, we all need to be careful as we walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, making sure that certain things, uh, you know, stay within a certain uh, boundary that God has set. Certainly, we understand that. But, and when I say we, I'm talking about the, those who believe in the truth and follow the gospel of Jesus Christ. But here's the deal. There are people, and I've met them, I know them. And this is the reason why, you know, I was, I was very, very leery of, of coming to the point in this ministry to talk to people about why I was called a eunuch. Why I'm, I'm called that? Why I, I say, you know, I'm, I'm, still to this day, there's a same-sex attraction. There's I plead with God and begged God. And God finally, uh, you know, after years and years, the Lord finally did answer. He would not answer me. But then finally, one time in prayer, hallelujah, God spoke to me. And he said to me, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. And so I have to accept that and I have to move forward. But, but listen. <clears throat> A lot of people on the right, and I'm not slamming you when I say you're on the right. I'm on the right myself. Okay, I'm on. I'm. I'm in that conservative uh, frame of mind as living for God. And some of you, if you will listen to some of the beliefs uh, that I hold to so dearly to my heart, you will find that I am probably more conservative than many uh, people who claim to be Christians. So, <clears throat> with that said, there are people in the LGBTQ community plus community and there are people in the transgender community that truly have a struggle and they deal with honestly uh, looking at certain things in a certain manner and it's not because they hate god some of them absolutely love God, but they feel trapped and they don't know what to do with this. And especially like me, you know, because no matter how much I pleaded with God and he would not remove this, I could not continue to hold to the lie that I did not have same sex attraction. If I continued with that lie, I could not uh, pro- be, the Holy Ghost could not propel me to the place of the ministry that He wanted me to be able to reach. Because if I'm not being honest, then how can I go about and speak to anybody that struggles with it? And there really are people, such as myself and other people that I've met, that truly do love God. They just don't know where to turn and they don't know what to do. And as I've said to you, I did attempt to get counseling at one point and and then the the pastor who I trusted and believed that you know was apostolic Pentecostal and once I started counseling with him he began to uh, want to pull me into a relationship and because I was weak I, I fell into that now I've said before uh, I certainly hold uh, responsibility in in my part but you have to understand that there are people that truly uh, they they are looking at things and they're saying okay I don't know what to do with this, and God, I don't want to continue to uh, purport the lie and make it look like that things are a certain way. You know, I didn't want to give people the impression that oh, I, I've got a wife, and I, I did have a wife. I was married for 15 thereabouts, 15 years altogether. We weren't together that amount, whole amount of time, but uh, but there were many things involved with that. But uh, the thing is that a lie can cover up, uh, be covering up something else that, uh, you may be struggling with and dealing with because along the way in the, being in the gay world, of course, I became, uh, so very addicted to a prom- promiscuous lifestyle, uh, as well as pornography and all of those things. And I thank God for, for deliverance. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. But, um, uh, the, the thing of it is we begin to read about Ananias and Sapphira, and, 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 and you know, Peter is saying, you know, why? Why did you let Satan talk to you like this? Why did you let... You know, there comes a point where, uh, you know, Satan may put a thought in your mind, but you cannot allow uh, that thought to be entertained over a long period of time because then what happens is it becomes uh, a place and space where it's conceived. The sin is conceived. And so now look at verse 5. And, and like we said, conceived means that it's attached itself to, to you and begins to grow. And uh, so Ananias, verse 5, it says hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost, and great fear came upon all of them that heard these things. Okay? And so uh, as uh, Peter was speaking to him, God struck him dead. And I know that there's a lot of people out there, they don't understand that, but God literally struck this man dead. He gave him plenty of time, plenty of time during the, uh, you know, the whole process of selling property. If you've ever uh, sold property, it's it's not like a one, two, three, you, you know, it's done in like 20 minutes. It doesn't work. You gotta you have to, uh, you know, put it up for sale and then find a buyer and so on and so forth. So there's a process of time and he had plenty of opportunity, Ananias did, to repent of the sin that... That was in his heart to do, but the problem was there was something else attached to this, and that was that he just he helped to pull his wife into this deception. So now so many people heard of this. He gave up the ghost. Now when we read the next uh, verse, verse six, I want to explain something. Okay, verse six it says And the young men rose, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. Now look at verse seven. And when it was about the space of three hours after, when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in, you say, oh my goodness, how could the church be so terrible that they would, uh, you know, the men of the church would rise up and they would bound up his body as they did, the culture did. Uh, and, and go and bury him, and, and, and they did it so quickly that only three hours' space of time has happened, uh, come about, and they didn't even bother to invite his wife to the funeral or anything. No, there was no funeral. They just buried him. God, uh, you know, he, he makes it clear, you know, let the dead bury the dead. There's not, you know, He, he purported to be a part of the Church of the Living God, but uh, He became a part of the dead congregation. And I don't mean that just in the physical, but his soul. He allowed Satan to feel his soul. He literally turned away from the Holy Ghost. He literally allowed the spirit of Satan to come in. You say, well, Satan can't come into somebody that has been filled with the Holy Ghost. That in and of itself is true. However, if you make up your mind that you are not going to continue to walk in the Spirit of God and you turn away and you begin to listen to Satan and you allow Satan to be the one that rules you rather than the Holy Ghost and it continues and you will not repent, I can guarantee you that it is going to be destructive to you. It's going to be destructive and so uh, this is what happened with uh, Ananias because he allowed that very thing to happen to him now he had to have had the Holy Ghost at one time to be able to lie to the Holy Ghost. Some people, you're going to debate over that. Well, I ain't got time to debate over that. But the bottom line is it's the truth. And, and, and then it turned from that to where uh, this is known, uh, can be seen and looked at as blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. Because, uh, you know, it's the only sin that cannot be forgiven because once you get to the place to where you are going to turn away from what the Holy Ghost leads you and guides you to do the Holy Ghost never would have led Ananias to lie about this the Holy Ghost never would have led uh, Ananias to carry it all the way through to the point of going to the church and presenting this okay so remember remember Who's the one bringing it to the church? Look at chapter 2. It says his wife, also being privy, brought... But it was talking about Ananias at this point. It says, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why have you been filled? Allowed Satan to fill you up with the Holy Ghost. You see, he allowed the spirit of Satan to literally fill him. The only way that can be is once you deny the Holy Ghost, once you have turned from the Holy Ghost, once you have uh, literally committed the sin of blaspheme, then it opens the door for Satan to come in. But God will be merciful. God will be long-suffering. And God will be patient. And God will give people the opportunity and the privilege and the time to repent of, of whatever it is that you may be going down the road. Listen, if you're going down the road of some type of deceit today, I would plead and beg you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to turn around. Don't keep going down the road of deceit that you are going, especially if you've got other people involved, including maybe your wife or your husband. Now, or, or other family members. You, you know, this is, this is what was happening, and he literally, you know, he allowed it to become Ananias did, so uh, deceptive and so wicked that he pulled his wife into this. Now, look at verse seven. It says, "In about the space of three hours, after uh, when his wife, not knowing what was done, she came in." Okay. Now, I want to say something about this culture, the Jewish culture, and even today uh, in uh, Jerusalem. Now, if the Jewish people are here in America, I believe that they still attempt to to do this, but in uh, Jerusalem or in uh, Israel, excuse me. Uh, those who are Jewish, they in their culture, in their beliefs, um, you even find this with, with Jesus. They're going to take uh, Jesus down off the cross. It's got to be done before the Sabbath comes about and so on. But also in this culture, it is um, something that is uh, very deeply rooted into the culture that anyone who dies, that they are to be buried as quickly as possible after death. But, and and not only that, but no more than 24 hours is to pass from the time of death to the time of burial, if feasibly possible. And so, but, all in all, the best thing to do is to bury the person as quick as possible. So this is part of the culture. However, because of the fact of what Ananias did... There's not going to be a call to, uh, you know, the wife. There's not going to be a call to the church to come together and, and to mourn over the loss of, of this person because uh, he's become uh, filled with Satan and became a part of the congregation of the dead and God has struck him dead. Now, I know that there are some theologians out there that uh, literally teach, literally teach that Ananias and Sapphira, even though God struck them dead, And yes, he struck uh, Sapphira dead as well. Even though God struck uh, them dead, that uh, some purport that, oh well, they went to heaven. Do you honestly, when you really stop and think about that teaching, which I believe is false, that God would strike them dead knowing that Peter has acknowledged the fact that Ananias has allowed himself to be filled with Satan and stand against the Holy Ghost, that God is going to strike him dead and then say, okay, well, come up here and enjoy heaven. Do you know how ridiculous that sounds? I'm not being mean and hateful, and I'm trying not to be a bull in a china shop, but do you do you honestly think that that's reasonable and feasible with what you see and what you see not only here in this chapter and understand you know, people say, oh, well, uh, you know, uh, the, the time of grace was a different time. Oh, well, don't tell me God didn't strike people dead. He certainly did. He struck these two dead. And I understand that, you know, there's a time of grace and all of these things that, that we're living in. But uh, nevertheless, you don't play around with God. You don't sit there and, and and get to the place where you're comfortable with your lies and, and to the point that you're going to allow yourself to be filled up with with a plan that Satan has put in your heart to do and think that it's going to go all right. It's not going to go okay. So I plead with any of you, if you are, you know, and maybe maybe you've got yourself wrapped up in some things that you shouldn't have got wrapped up into. Okay, I, I get sometimes when we're not walking in the Spirit of God. This is what happened to me. This is the reason why I backslid three different times. This is the reason why that uh, you know, I, I got myself so entrenched in the gay uh, agenda and all of these things that happened. But, but listen... There comes a, a point in time where we have to understand, look, you must walk in the Spirit of God. You cannot walk after the flesh because even if you've been baptized with the Holy Ghost, you start walking after the flesh. you got to make up a choice, or a, a, mind, a, a choice in your mind of what you're going to do. Are you going to walk in the Spirit of God or are you going to walk after the flesh? Are you going to go after the things that the Bible makes very clear uh, that if you continue after the works of the flesh which we find in Galatians chapter 5, you you look at those things that are the works of the flesh and it tells you that you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. You can't do that. So uh, you find uh, this to be true and when you see that the Bible tells you in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8 that all liars are going to have their part in the lake of fire, how can you deny what God says? You see, and I didn't have a time at that point after the words were said to him, there was no more point to repent. God had had enough. He had given him time to repent. God was merciful. God was long-suffering with him throughout the time of the cell, but he would not listen. Now, so she came in, verse 7, about the space of three hours after. So this is a quick burial. And then now uh, Peter is standing here. The, the wife is here. She's come in she knew that her husband was going to go present this and uh, to the church and verse 8 and it says and Peter answered unto her telling uh, he said tell me whether you sold the land for so much now i want to point something out again the holy ghost is using peter to extend a hand of grace extend a hand of long suffering and patience to this woman you say why Well, I'll tell you why. Because Ananias was the the spiritual leader of that home. And he had led her into deception. Now, the Bible makes it very clear, uh, certainly, uh, that Eve was deceived in the garden, not Adam. Now, we we don't see uh, anywhere in this story that Sapphira maybe started this situation we don't know it could have been but just as Adam and Eve in the garden mom and daddy up in the garden uh, daddy had a responsibility I'm talking about daddy Adam he had a responsibility not to take that fruit from mama Eve but he didn't do that he didn't listen he took it now it doesn't say that Adam was deceived it said Eve was deceived but she pulled him into her deception you see and so uh, we don't know, you know, if she maybe had put the thought in his mind to do this. Hey, baby, I, you know, let's just do that because, you know, man, this is gonna make us look good, honey. If we just, we'll look like we gave the whole thing, and then you and I, we can go on a cruise. I mean, I know that's not what, you know, didn't say anything about a cruise. There were no cruise ships back then, but not as we know. But, but in any event, the the thing of it is. Uh, And Now, my my alarm has went off. I set myself to to try to finish this up as quick as I can. So you'll hear it beeping because I'm not leaving to go into the kitchen to turn it off. But in any event, we don't know if that was the case. But even if it were the case, the bottom line is that Ananias was to be the spiritual leader of this home and he failed. He, even if she were the one that presented this to him, and there's no indication of that in the scripture, but I'm just saying to you look, Ananias had a responsibility as a leader of the home and, and, and to, to lead the home. Now, I know and into spiritual matters, and I know that there's a lot of women, even Christian women, that don't like hearing that. But God's word is still true and God's word is still right. And 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 Adam, uh, excuse me, not Adam, but Ananias, he did not follow through in being the spiritual leader that he needed to be. Just like Adam, Daddy Adam in the garden, did not uh, follow through with being the spiritual leader that he needed to, because he could have said to Eve, "You know what? I'm not eating that." God said not to, and you shouldn't have done it. And who knows uh, how things would be today if that would have been the case? But it wasn't the case, and it wasn't the case with Ananias. He led his wife. Uh, to continue in this deception, didn't matter who started it, uh, he was the spiritual leader. God calls the man to be the spiritual leader of the home, not the woman. And, And that's not a slam to the woman at all. Not at all. And it's not some misogynist thought or idea. No. God has placed the man to be the responsible head of the home, and he had a responsibility to carry that out, and he did not do that, and he led them to their spiritual death. All right? So, it says, and it was about the space of three hours after, uh, after when his wife, not knowing what had been done, came in, in verse 8, and Peter answered and said unto him, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. You're, 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 you're giving a hand of mercy, because God knows that you were led off the cliff. Uh, to to listen to something, and your spiritual leader uh, did not do what he was supposed to do. He didn't lead you into prayer like he was supposed to. He didn't lead you away from sin like he was supposed to. He, he didn't... And, and, and that doesn't mean that a woman can't walk... With God and be spiritual. There are many single women, of course, uh, that are living for God. That have to uh, take the helm of being uh, the spiritual leader, but they've got to find uh, somebody somewhere uh, that helps to guide them along the way. And God has given His instructions in the Word that there is uh, male leadership that's given to the church. Now, by that, I don't mean that that women can't preach. I don't mean uh, that uh, women uh, can't even. you know, have a a pastorship somewhere, but there needs to be a male leadership over that, as the Word of God clearly states. But many, many women, even Christian women, they will cringe at the thought of this. But this is, uh, listen, listen, ladies. Sisters in the Lord, listen, this is not a, a, a minimization of your ability to walk with God and to serve God with all of your heart because I'll tell you what, I have seen some women that have got a determination uh to serve God with everything that they've got and, and there's no male leadership inside of their home. You know, in other words, they don't have a husband. They might be a widow, whatever, but they found Uh, spiritual leadership either through a pastor or 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 uh, mentor uh, somewhere along the way uh, that that god has guided them and they're willing to uh, be submissive to what god has said in first corinthians in chapter 11 because god has made it very clear that there is what uh, is called a spiritual order and we need to respect that spiritual order and it starts with christ and then the man the man is to be the spiritual leader and this did not happen with Ananias he failed just as Adam daddy Adam in the garden and so um, you know God is giving uh, Sapphira uh, another hand of mercy an extension of mercy to reach out to her and and, and to to say look I'm going to give you one more chance did you did you and your husband Peter said tell me whether you sold the lamb for so much And she continued on. She did not know her husband had died. She didn't know that her husband had been struck dead by God. And she said, yay for so much. She followed through with the lie just like her husband did. And then in verse 9 it says, Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together? You have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord. Don't tell me they went to heaven. They agreed together. Have you come together? Have you come together to agree with a lie? Have you bound yourself up with other people that are purporting a lie? Maybe you don't realize, you know, that there's such a hate that God has for lying, but He does, He hates it and god is giving each and every one of us the opportunity to be responsible uh, spiritually speaking to to repent of any deception and be honest be truthful and tell the truth and 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 realize that many many times lies can be and, and pride together they can walk together hand in hand and 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 they they literally draw others in it pulls other people in and you find that uh, true so many times in the scripture with Israel over and over and over. And so I would uh, adjure you and encourage you and plead with you, any and all of you, to please walk honestly before the Lord. And so verse 9, it says, uh, Peter said, uh, "Did why would you tempt the Lord in this manner? And then it says, Behold, Peter said, the feet of them which have buried thy husband, this is when she found out right before God struck her dead, she found out her husband had died. The feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Verse 10, then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost and the young man came in, found her dead and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. Verse 11, a great fear came upon all of the church and upon as many as heard these things. Not just the church, but others who heard of it. So tell me, is the fear, is fear of the Lord gripping you? And you, you, maybe you realize you've gotten yourself wrapped up in a lie. Maybe you've gotten yourself wrapped up in a deceitful situation. Listen, God is here to give you mercy. God is here to extend mercy to you. Will you heed to Him? Will you bow you bow? and repent of any deceit? Will you make your way to an altar of repentance and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Because if you don't, you say, why does this bring you to tears? It brings me to tears because I've seen so many people fall under this sin. And destruction has come. I've seen it. And I saw it even in my own life, the things that led me to to follow deception and the things that followed me. But I've seen people go to their grave because they would not let go of the deceit that they held on to. Please don't allow yourself to be in that position with the Holy Ghost. I plead with you today, I plead with you to turn and repent from your lies today so with that said i want to pray and then i'll let you go dear lord i'm asking you lord to have mercy and have patience upon those who have fell victim to deceit as satan hands it out my god have mercy upon them as they come to you as they feel the conviction of the holy ghost come upon them i pray lord that you will be the merciful and loving god that i know you are hallelujah and forgive them, and let them be set free from the deception that they've allowed to come upon them today, or however long it's been, or whatever it is. And maybe, Lord, it is that that deceit or that lie covered up another sin. God, I pray that as they come to you and they truly plead for you to forgive them, that you would be merciful and loving, as I know you are, so good and so kind and so loving. Forgive them, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you until we meet again. God loves you.